we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Greg Lewis. God appoints men to lead his people. Men! Look, somebody say men. There are people that, that get hurt by church, so they want to throw everything about institutional church out. People that follow and support EX Ministries say so they'll never go to another church. They're not going to go because don't, we don't trust men. Well, then you're not going to get the word that you need. Yeah, because we need men. This is why God called men. God appoints men to lead his people. He calls pastors to do what? Teach his word. Not only to teach his word, but to do what? Watch over the souls of his children. That's a capital H, so not the pastor's children. Amen. We're not in a church where everybody's calling me daddy. We don't believe in that in here. Amen. Now, I can, I can be a spiritual father as in fathering you into the gospel like Paul did Timothy. Amen. But I ain't your daddy. Don't you be coming up to me. Hey, pop. Hey, daddy. Uh-uh. Especially a woman. Don't you come saying that. Amen. That, that sounds like a fantasy or something. I don't like that. Hey, daddy. <laughs> That's some foolishness. That's like a pimp move, ain't it? Pimp. Hey, daddy. But he calls pastors to teach his word and watch over the souls of his children. Hebrews 13 and 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is not, that is unprofitable to you. If he he has problems and going through grief, then he's going to get up and preach about all y'all. You're like, man, what, what happened to pastor? But the messages lately, they've just been fear and trembling. It's because y'all treat him terrible. But he says, obey them that have rule over you. Now, that don't mean I'm going and telling y'all to do dumb stuff. You obey the word that he's preaching. But obey those that have rule over you and do what? Submit yourself. Submit yourselves to the word and the authority that God has given that man. Amen. I got some brothers that we hang out. I'll use the guys on the trail. We hang out. We have fun. We talk or whatever. But then when it's time for a word, they respect me as a pastor. And things change. Amen. They don't come up to me. Hey, what's up, cool daddy? Hey, man. You know, I got this problem. I want you to just, you know, bring the word. I mean, what you got to say about it? Dude. <laughs> I mean, we cool and everything, but man, you sound like sweet daddy or something. No, but there's a respect there that comes when they honestly understand that God has called me to pastor. Amen. So we can be cool, but I'm still pastor. The members of a church should express their love for their pastor by regarding him in what? High esteem. Due respect or esteem requires proper what? Submission to the pastor of one's church or ministry. And this is not submission. Y'all go, you know, wash my car. Where's my car? Where is it? They haven't come back yet. (laughs) none of that amen Carmex on my lips and none of that I don't need y'all ironing my shirts in the back and man I was at one church and man this big old dude and I mean this dude had muscles like Lou Ferrigno back there ironing the pastor's shirt the iron looked like the little iron off the monopoly he was so big (laughs) so I was like dude you can't find a woman to iron the shirt man you in there with the little look like (laughs) you're too big and beefy to be ironing a man's shirt and the pastor's sitting there with no shirt on with just a a, a wife beater and he's sitting there waiting and dude 
Then it's got that smoky cologne smell because it was already cologne on it. I was like, man, I'm getting out of here. This is like a horror movie. Man, let me preach and go home. Then after he finished, do you need anything iron? No, big giant. No, you ain't ironing nothing with that little iron. Put that back in that game. Man, he was big, y'all. Y'all had to see him. That's just you too big to be ironing. <laughs> oh, go. <laughs> but due respect or esteem, <laughs> it requires proper submission to the pastor of one's church. So proper. Look at somebody say proper. Proper submission. That don't mean no crazy stuff. That don't mean a man is making your wife do stuff. Making your wife do stuff that you wouldn't, that, that she ain't even doing for you. Your wife coming and cooking and, oh, she's looking all this and fixing the water and all of that. And then going to the house, you stepping over trash and animals and roaches. Dude, why are you fixing the church up for the pastor, but your house look like a tornado hit it? Amen. Don't you do that junk in here. Amen. Now, not to say, you know, not to say that you can't talk to the pastor or whatever, but you got to keep your man in high esteem because that's who's ahead of you. See, that's why this leading lady mess is messing up homes. Because she believes that since she's saved and he's not, she's the spiritual leader of the house. Uh Uh-uh. You better learn how to pray around it and get him saved. You don't get him saved preaching to him and comparing him to the pastor. Oh, pastor had a great word. Oh, you should have seen him. Oh, yeah, he's a great man of God. Oh, and you, uh, you just, what? He ain't gonna ever get saved. See, you can't get amens on these kinds of messages. But them traditions have made folks raise the esteem of church and the gospel and everything higher than their own families. And that's not true because God didn't make that first. He made the home first. So the home is always top priority. Amen. Your call to ministry ain't greater than your call to father and be the head of a house. See, as a matter of fact, if you're not doing that right, you can't do the other. Yes, I'm preaching in here. I don't care. Don't you ever try to lift the church up and, and oh, I got to be on my post. I got to be, and your husband like, man, I mean, can, I, can you make me a slice of toast before you leave? Oh, no, no. I got to take this bread for communion. What? The? Church can't buy their own bread? No, you use that duck bread that we take to the park and give to the duck. This is for the, this is reserved for the holy, holy. The duck's bread? Amen. You at your house and drinking out of old styrofoam cups and old raggedy bent forks. And the pastor come over. Oh, let's get the china. The, the china off the shelf. Dust it off. The pastor's on his way over. You can't use that for your husband? One day surprise him with the china? He using picnic forks with teeth missing. He can't even jab the meat with that. I mean, he might as well have an ice pick. <laughs> but when the pastor come over, oh, we're going to get the antique China. All the way from China. We're going to respect the man of God, but you ain't going to lift the man of God higher than your husband. Amen. Don't do that in here. Amen. I'm not more important than your husband. Amen. I can give you the word and that's it. 
But your husband is there to take care of you. First Thessalonians. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them that labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. And do what? Be at peace among yourselves. Because when you're in peace among yourselves, you make his job easier. Can I keep preaching? I know y'all saying, what does that do with tradition? A whole lot. Because this is how foolish traditions start. Folks ignoring the home and putting the church first. When an individual or family chooses a church, they purposely demonstrate faith in the messages that are being preached and in the goodness of the fellowship. Amen? Acts 2 and 44. And all that believed were together and had what? All things in their church. That's the good goodness of the fellowship. They had all things in common. Amen. A good church home can benefit Christian families in many ways. How many of you know that's true? A good church home. You believe ABC is a good church home? Amen. I know we're growing. We don't have 10, 15, 20 activities a week and we don't have a lot going on. You know, we're just adding things slowly, but we're growing. And we're moving into different things in different areas, but we are just adding things as they are necessary. Amen. We don't want to overdo it. I don't want you up here all week because I don't want to be here all week. I have a life. How many of you got a life? Amen. We're not going to be in church every time the doors open. Anytime a pastor have you there every day of the week, he don't want to be home. I'm like, dude, you don't like your wife? Yes, I'll be going to Indonesia for three weeks. And then when I leave there, I'm going to Zaire. And I'm going to the place where Muhammad Ali had that fight. Y'all remember? And then, and then when, as I leave there, I'm going to Antarctica. Because, see, there's some expeditions going on there that need hand, laying on of hands. And Dude, you never home. He don't want to be home. I hate when people do that. Don't you hate that? It's when you give them the mic and they just seem like they got to tell you where, everywhere they're going and where they've been. Nobody really care. Y'all ever been to church? You get the mic. Yes, how you doing? Thank y'all for praying for me. Thank y'all for praying for me while, while I was in the Sudan. I think I, nobody know you were there. Nobody care. And when I leave here, there's a plane. Actually, the plane's waiting right now. It's waiting. They just called me. It's waiting right now on the runway, waiting on me to finish. So let me get to the word. Let me hear. Dude, the airlines called you? Really? When the messages are of God, families can grow spiritually. Anybody in here grown spiritually since you've been here? Amen. Praise God for that. By hearing and applying the word of God, our faith does what? Increases. Our spiritual growth is spurred along. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. The Bible doesn't lie. Through faithful fellowship with other believers in church, we can build lasting relationships, what? For our families. So this is why God created the church. He didn't want the believers scattered everywhere and just, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, people have problems with the institutional church because they've been hurt by one, but God created the institutional church. He wanted everybody to come together. God, that was God's idea so that you could be around people because there is actually strength in numbers. Amen. Iron sharpens iron. You can be around like-minded believers. So this is why God left us the idea of having a church. And in a church, you can build lasting relationships for your families. Within a church, men will have other like-minded men to fellowship with. Amen. If you're a man, if you're a man and you don't fellowship with any men, something's wrong with you. Yeah. You're an overly emotional man. 
And that's going to get you in trouble. You got to fellowship with men. You have to be challenged by men. You have to be challenged by men. If you get mad all the time and take your football home and don't want to play no more, something is wrong with you. You got to be challenged by other men. You can't tell your wife everything all the time. Then you're going to start looking weak. Some of the things your wife don't need to hear you say, you need to go tell that to a friend and bounce that off him, a man, so that y'all can have a man conversation. I tell men all the time. I tell them something about their wife. I say, man, you need to do this, do this, this, and get your wife. Whatever. They go home, baby. Pastor said we need to do this, 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 and then he gets it. What? He said, what about me? He said, what? Yeah, well, I mean, he didn't say it like that. He just said that. He said, oh, man. <laughs> Pastor, man, I went home and told my wife, man, now I'm sleeping across the street. I'm like, dude, you went and told your wife what I, t- you dumb, numb skull. You went and told her, dude, I was talking to you like a man. That was man talk. How's she going to understand that? But see, that comes from not being around men. When you don't spend time around men, you get emotional like that. You basically turn into a girl. Yeah. You got to be around men because men will challenge you, men. And that's what's important about it. Look at all these men in here. All the men at ABC stand up right now. All the men. Look at this. This is incredible. Look. It's incredible. But really, look at that. So there's no excuse for you to always be by yourself. You're like, won't you go hang out with the men? Oh, no, man. I won't be around him. You don't like, oh, man, I don't want to. You need men. And that's why God gave you this fellowship. That's why you are here. Plug. Look at somebody say, plug in. Plug in. I don't want to get no email from your wife. Uh, people don't understand my husband. My, my. I don't want to hear that from her. Oh, I get them all the time. Pastor, why don't you say something to him to try to get... What? If he's a man, he needs to say something to me. You don't know how to step up and be a man? All you hang around with is women? Especially when a man comes... Hey, well, you know that and that. I had one dude I was talking to him. I was like, dude, man, your house is whack. Man, your house is whack. Your wife is strong. She just whip you, pile drive you. She just running everything. I said, man, you just sorry. You was just a wet noodle. I was telling him just like that, too. He's like, yeah, man, my best friend was telling me that. Yo, best friend? Who's your best friend? Oh, this lady that I... Oh. <laughs> you just... Best... Best friend is a woman. Women also, in church, you'll be able to find friends that are believers. Amen. Any women in here found friends that are believers? Yeah, like-minded. But women, you'll be able to find friends and believers. Even children. This is an important thing when you go to a church. They get to grow up with friends that share the same values and morals. And they meet each other. And they hang out together. They grow up together on the same page. Then they don't have to make old carnal, wicked friends in the public school system. You see what I'm saying? They'll be around other kids or whatever, but they get to fellowship Amen. And that's why it's so important. That's why you don't just get mad at the pastor of the church and uproot your family out of there because you don't understand what you're doing. You're taking away opportunity for growth, relationships, everything in the future. You mad just going to sit your, have your family at home and they don't know nobody. They ain't going to be. What are you doing? It's very important. You need that. Your children need to be around other like-minded believers. Amen. Man, but you need relationships. 
Family need relationships. You bring your kids together, your kids play with each other, they build relationships, they get to know people, and then they grow up with like-minded believers. That's important. Amen. Faithful fellowship aids in strengthening a family's commitment to grow and mature in their Christian walk. First Peter 3 and 8. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as what? Brethren. Be pitiful and be That means have pity for others and be courteous. Amen. Believers should appreciate the church that they attend. We should never forget all that God has provided for us through leadership messages and fellowship of the church. How dare you get mad, leave a church and forget everything that God has done through that ministry to help you grow. Because you mad, you forget All that God has done for you. How that church prayed you through stuff. Your life changed forever. That ministry sets you on a course that is much better than the course you were on. People labored and prayed. Loved you. Helped you through tough times. Some of you got money from the church. Church gave you opportunity you couldn't have had anywhere else. And then you get mad and forget all of that? You think God's going to be happy with you? Oh, we'll take it a step further. How dare you even do that in your own family? You and your mama or you and your father disagreed on the Bible? And now you don't want to have nothing to do with her? Your mama told you something that hurt your feelings and now she's no good and you won't even call her? And this woman raised you? You better appreciate it before it's too late. We should never forget all that God has provided for us through the leadership, messages, and fellowship of a church. 1 Timothy 5 and 17. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of what? Double honor. Especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. Y'all liking this message? Traditional attendance. We should never, look at somebody say never. never. Never attend a church for the sake of tradition. Just because the doors open don't mean you need to be in there. When we go to church out of obligation, problems begin to manifest. Oh, I'm not trying to make room in ABC and I'm not trying to get extra chairs, but you better listen to this. When we go to church out of obligation, you're going to create a problem. Yeah. When you're not there or here for the right reason, you're going to create a problem. So if you're here to be seen, and to have a position, you're going to create a problem. If you're here to get attention, you're going to create a problem. If you're here to holler at all the fine ladies, you're going to create a problem. If you're here to get a husband, you're going to create, wait a minute now, I ain't here to get one, but if one just happened to sit next to me, loose here, let him go. But when we go to church out of obligation, y'all hear me, don't come here out of obligation. Don't come here to meet a church quota. Don't come here because you want to be somewhere. Because when we are not happy with the church that we regularly attend or the ministry that we continually serve in, then we are being what? Hypocritical. We can become dangerous to the church when we harbor issues with the ministry that we support. If you got issues with the ministry and you still coming, you become dangerous. Because that means when you go over to Brother Jeff's house, they invite you over to come eat. 
Sister Tam, they, they, they're cooking food for you and everything you over there and, and all the food is good and y'all playing dominoes or whatever. And then, man, pastor's message was good today. Man, you know, he, he kind of say the same thing all the time. But you know, but it'd be good. It, it, it's good, but you know, he, you know, you know, really, really? No, I, I like the message. Well, you know, I, I like them, but you know, it, it, just that one time, you know, well, no, nah, I ain't going to say that. What, what, what one time? Well, you remember that, that time when, you know, them, them people left. He, he kind of said something a little harsh, you know. But, I mean, but it's okay, though, you know, because I understand. That's discord. You're planting a seed. You might as well turn red and grow horns. Seriously. Because Brother Jeff has confidence in that ministry. He has confidence in what the pastor's preaching, and you're breaking his confidence. So somebody come to your house and do that, you know what you need to ask him? So why are you here again? Why you go there again? Exactly. Matter of fact, I got pastor's email. Let me, let me email him right quick. Now, what you, what you, what you say? Let me send it to him. <laughs> nah, 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 I see, I see. <laughs> Come tell me. Man, folks send me emails and text messages. I, I think I decided not to go to your church anymore. Delete. How you going to send me a text? I didn't text you when you were sick. I came over and prayed for you. I didn't text you when you needed money. I brought it to you. You're going to... It's foolishness. Somebody praying for you and casting demons out of you. Your old crazy self. You acting a fool. And somebody's laboring over you. And then you get mad or something. And you just ready to bounce. It's discord. Amen. 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 Don't, you know, don't you know how to hang in there? You and Sister Cherry, y'all agree all the time? No, sir. No. <laughs> now, she is Jewish. So, yeah, that half don't agree with much. Uh, <laughs> John agree all the time. Brother, brother you, you and Sister Stacy agree all the time? Do you? Mm, okay. Why y'all still together? You love her. Work it. What did he say? He said, work it out. It's just work it out. It's just work it out. You got a problem? Look at somebody say, work it out. Work it out. When we're not happy with the church that we regularly attend or the ministry that we continually serve in, we're being hypocritical. Proverbs 6 and 14. Forwardness is in his heart. He devises mischief continuously. He does what? That's discord, man. Discord. Yeah, I like, yeah, I like church. I'm, I'm getting a little tired of it, you know. You don't tell nobody that. Just leave. Amen. Amen. And leave the right way. Most people don't leave the right way because they don't have no real reason to leave. Man, I can't get amens in here. What happened to Brother So-and-so? What happened to Brother so They left. You ain't seen them. They left. Well, why didn't you get them and say something? Because I got nothing good to say. They'll call you. They will call you. Trust me. They'll call you and try to change your mind because once they leave the bad way, they got to get other folks to leave with them. That's the only way they can feel good about their decision. That's discord. Can I preach in here? Man, I know I'm preaching. Yeah, forwardness is in his heart. And he soweth discord. When a person attends church for the wrong reason, they will often sow seeds of discord among others. Malicious chatter can cause variance in the minds of others that were otherwise happy being there. What is variance? Variance is when you was coming unmovable, unshakable. Unbreakable. He's all happy. 
And then somebody came and said something. Now you just unmovable. <laughs> That's because you have a varied opinion now. Because they spoke something and sowed discord in your mind. Now you don't feel the same. Now you looking around. Questioning. Can I keep preaching in here? Proverbs 26 and 17. He that passes by and meddleth with strife belongeth, belonging not to him is like one that taketh a dog by the ears. When you meddling with strife that doesn't belong to you, meaning you and other folks business, you might as well grab a pit bull by the ears. What happens then? Yeah, that's what he's saying. Strife. Strife don't belong to you. Somebody come telling you, hey, brother, man, I ain't seen you at church. Yeah, we left. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, God bless you. No, man, let me tell you what happened, man. Let me tell you. Grabbing a dog by the ears. But I just need, I want people to know the truth. I had somebody say that. They left the church and then didn't nobody care. And so they want to go tell everybody and then say, I need people to know the truth. Really? The truth about the pastor? Grabbing a dog by the ears. Then you start feeling different about the church. Then you start feeling different about the messages. Then you start looking for inconsistencies in the message. Then you start looking for stuff wrong. Why is he doing that? Why is he up there? Things that never bothered you before. Don't matter. That's right. Variance. Man, we come in the church, man. I ain't got time to be meddling in folks' personal business. I don't have time for that. And then when you can't get the attention you really want, social media time. Church folks make me sick. Taking a dog. It is demonic to talk against one's pastor and his ministry, especially while actively attending his church. Amen. Yeah, you don't bring nobody over to do that and y'all all go there. Amen. It's foolishness for a lot of reasons. One is because you go there. <laughs> Dishonorable behavior toward a godly church and its leadership is a sure way to bring calamity upon yourself. One is guilty of being disobedient to God's word and causing division among the membership when one brings railings against the pastor. First Timothy 5 and 19 says, against an elder, what? Receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses. So you go to the pastor and the pastor will have an elder there and then you can tell what you feel at that point. That's God's way of you doing it. You don't go telling other folks. Amen. Summary! When we join a church, we are what? Really uniting with the vision of the pastor of that fellowship. That's what happens when you join a church. Amen? If you don't believe in the vision, then that's not the church for you. You don't come to a church trying to change the vision. Amen? That's why when you get ready to leave a church, you don't sit the pastor down and tell him all the things you feel is wrong with his ministry. Yeah, You don't sit him down and try to tell him what's wrong with the church and all the things you feel and all that you think is going wrong. No, just tell him you're leaving. Because, you know, hey, I'm moving on. Because you ain't going to change nothing by saying that. Obviously, that's the way he wants it. And then how how long have you been there? You liked it up until now? Oh, I can't get amen. Those are the questions I asked. Brother, you've been feeling like this for how long? And you've been coming? You've been wasting your time. And mine. And God's. It's a whole lot of time wasted. Amen? It's your decision, so you don't have to put yourself through nothing. We are making a statement that we are supportive of the teachings of the ministry when we're there. And that we believe in the doctrine of that fellowship. That's what your presence here means right now. You sitting in these seats signifies that you're with it. So when we do praise and worship and sing the song, whatever, I expect you to be into it because you're in here. 
We must also realize that we made the choice to be here. How many of you made the choice to be here? Amen. How many of you got drug in here against your will? See there? You made the choice to be here. Amen. The decision to join a church should not be superficial, but rather the decision should be based on how the ministry aligns with the word of God. Of course, there are no perfect churches because you in here. Long as the church is full of human beings, it can't be perfect because humans are not perfect. But we should expect the ministry to be governed by the word of God and line up in every way possible with God's word. Amen. Are we going to be perfect? Are we going to make mistakes? Yeah. People act a certain way. I mean, you just never know. So we all make mistakes. We all are human. You got to learn how to forgive people. And let me tell you something. Don't ever let a demon spirit get in you that won't let you forgive somebody. Yeah. You so mad and charged up that you can't accept an apology from someone. When people apologize to you, you need to forgive them. Amen. Especially when you're in a ministry, you go talk to the pastor. He tell you, oh, sister, I didn't mean to offend you like that. Oh, I didn't mean to offend your family like that. You know, can you please forgive me? Well, I'm leaving. I mean, do you have to leave? Can you stay? I mean, can you forgive me and at least stay and maybe we can work it? No, no, I'm hurt. <laughs> Whenever somebody does that, that means they already got somewhere else to go. <laughs> they ain't being real with you because you're supposed to be able to forgive. When we are not happy with the pastor's ministry, for whatever reason, we should never discuss our issues with the leadership of a church with other members. Go to the leadership. The Bible said, if you have order against your brother, do what? Go to him. So when we're not happy with the pastor's ministry, for whatever reason, we should not be talking to other people about it. The word of God is clear that when we have ought against anyone, then we should go to them in order to rectify the problem. If they repent, we should forgive them and hopefully continue with them. But if we decide not to continue with them, we should not discuss these aforementioned matters with others. Many have faith in their decision to be at a church. So we should never try to extract others from a ministry because we are leaving. We can ruin lives forever when we speak ill of the leadership of a ministry that we are attending. Gossip, rumors, slander, and allegations can hurt the confidence people have in a ministry that has blessed their lives. When malicious con uh, conversation spreads, little ones in the faith can be discouraged and even lose faith in the very ministry that was overseeing their, great, their, their growth and maturity. Amen. The blood of the innocent will be on those hands of those that start seditions and variances in the ministry. God will always protect those that carry his message of truth, and he will always fight against those that fight against him. He said, woe unto you. If you hurt these little ones, it would be better for a millstone to be tied around your neck and be cast over a cliff than for you to offend little ones. That's little ones in the faith, babes in the faith. You snatch them away from the safety of the truth of the word when you cause seditions and variances. Can I preach in here? Proverbs 22 and 10. Cast out the scorner and contention shall go out. Yea, strife and reproach shall cease. This is Solomon talking about cast them out so that it will cease. Amen? And it's not for you to question. Oh, where's, why, why did he do it that way? Why, why? No, it's for the leadership to handle. That's why you, there are leaders. That's why God even had Moses elect those elders he elected. He elected elders to handle the business because it was too many people for one man to handle. But the people weren't supposed to be in the business of the elders. 
So if you have a meeting with the elders, that's the meeting with the elders or the leadership. You don't go tell that meeting to the people that aren't leaders. Then there was no need for the leaders meeting. Is this this making sense to you? Yeah. See, all of this is tradition because people got used to functioning this way in church. So I'm telling you, I know churches where everybody in the church wish they were somewhere else. And that's why the pastor have to give them all titles. Everybody in church got a badge. Little kids got badges. What do you do? Oh, I coordinate the colors of the lollipops back in the, in the in children's church. I mean, what? Everybody got a, everybody got a title because don't nobody want to be there. So if you can keep everybody doing something, they'll have a reason to be there. But most of us in here, that's not a lot to do at ABC. So you're coming for the word. Amen. I can't give everybody a position to make you happy so you'll be here. It ain't even that kind of party at ABC. Amen. Yeah, we'll use you if we can or whatever, but if you don't get used, I'm sure there are things you can do in your home. Amen. There are things at your house. I mean, why? Amen. You in front of the door of the church, it ain't even open yet. Wait for somebody to let you in. Can't even get in your house. It's so junky. I mean, come on. What's important? Look, somebody say, what's important? Amen. Let's keep a proper perspective of church. And let's not come here and torture ourselves and be somewhere where we don't want to be. Amen. Everybody stand to your feet. You know, around this time, I think it was around this time last year we was dealing with this stuff. Yeah, every now and then we got to deal with the sedition, deal with the variance. Every now and then somebody going to start talking that yin-yang and start trying to pull people out of the church. Because misery loves company. So as soon as they leave, there's something wrong. You was there how many years? But because you left, Is something wrong now? That's foolishness. But that always happens. It's like you hit a growth spurt, you get to a certain spot, and the devil said, nah, I need to take some of them. And get in somebody. It's usually the person you least expect. And they get to talking and dropping bombs on people and dropping this in people's ears. And we had one lady in here. She was walking up to people. I mean, brand new people, people that just moved down here. And, hey, how you doing, sister? I'm doing fine, girl. You better watch out in here because everybody trying to get next to the pastor. Yeah, yeah, how you doing? She was doing that. Why would you do that? I mean, that is so contentious. So listen, please hear me. Don't let the enemy do this to you. Don't let the enemy do this to you. Don't let the enemy do it to you. Because when you uproot and snatch your family out of here, your children, your wife, all the relationships are affected. It trips me out when somebody leaves. The first thing happened after a couple of weeks, that church don't have no love. Because ain't nobody called. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody see about me, man. I mean, they act like we can't be friends unless we go to the same church. You met in church. Your relationship was formed in the church. So without the church, your relationship's going to suffer. And here's the crazy thing. Facebook. If you're posting your every move to show everybody how happy you are since you left, then ain't nobody got to call you. We just see it on Facebook. We can go to your Facebook page. I mean, why they got to call you? We say, oh, man, he's doing great. Man, look, oh, man, he's the bomb now. Wow, ABC was holding him back. I like that post. I mean, that should be enough. Come on, people of God. Is the main thing still the main thing? Is your family still priority one? Is your relationship with God 
still priority? Is your worship unto the king of all kings still the main thing? Isn't that what we're here for? Everyone bow your heads. All of these people in here, what's important to God should be important to us. And we want to keep the main thing the main thing. Father God, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you for truth. Thank you, Father God, that we can look at tradition and not allow tradition to stop what you want to do. God, we can look at ourselves and not allow our personal feelings to stop what you want to do. God, our decisions, we don't want them to stop what you want to do. So, Father, right now, in the name that is above every name, I pray, Father God, that relationships, fellowship, things that you have birthed through ABC, Father God, that you will keep those things intact, free of variance, free of sedition, free of malicious chatter. God, teach us how to hold our tongues. Teach us how to hold our faith. Teach us how to continually believe in what is important and not allow side conversations, not allow side agendas, not allow someone's personal feelings to knock us off course and change the course of our lives forever. But God, we want to be here in this fellowship because we believe that this is where you want us. We want to be here, God, because the word of truth is being preached and we want to be a part of it. We're not going here for someone else, so we're definitely not going to leave here for someone else. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas, 76124, or donate online at www.exministries.com. Dot com.